Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 149 of Lean Blog Audio. It's June 13th, 2016. Today's episode is titled, Be Careful with No Waiting Rooms, Just Like Zero Inventories. For decades now, manufacturers have been tripped up by the simplistic idea that lean is about zero inventories. It probably didn't help that one of the earliest and most prominent books about what many used to call Japanese manufacturing practices had that exact title. It was a book called Zero Inventories by Robert Doc Hall. The book was published in 1983, well before the word lean was the term used for this. But hey, not even Toyota has zero inventory. I mean, they don't have zero raw materials. Uh, they have non-zero buffer inventories in between parts of their assembly lines. And it's not hard uh, to see the inventory of unsold cars at Toyota dealers, realizing, I mean, that those dealers are independent businesses and the inventory's not on Toyota's books. But still, there's lots of inventory. Being able to have low inventory levels, I'm not talking zero, I mean low, low amounts of raw material, low work in progress or whip, and or low finished goods inventory is an end result. It's a function of, it's the end result of a number of things such as one, having stable demand and or leveled production, two, suppliers that are located nearby, three, high equipment or machine uptime, four, short changeover times and the ability to produce small batches, and five, you know, I guess just in general, low variability. When I was a grad student, uh, grad school intern at Kodak back in 1998, I worked for six months in what was called the Microelectronics Technology Division in Rochester, New York. They made some pretty impressive semiconductor-based image sensors, as they were called, uh, for scanners, early digital cameras, the Mars rover, um, things like that. The cycle time, as they called it, through the semiconductor fab, because these were semiconductor-based, chip-based image sensors, the time through the fab from start to finish was me measured in months, meaning that it took that long to go from what's called a raw wafer to finished chips. Um, and there, there's a picture of what one of these would have looked like. Um, you, you can see that and links to all sorts of things. Go to leanblog.org slash audio 149. Now, a previous general manager there at Kodak had erred in thinking that they could or should be lean by intentionally drawing down their finished good inventory levels, the, the finished sensors. And this turned out to be a really bad mistake. They couldn't meet customer demand given these long cycle times, highly variable cycle times, and highly variable quality yields, meaning they didn't know what percentage of those chips were actually going to be uh, functioning image sensors. And, and so that was, um, you know, planning for all of this was the topic of my MIT master's thesis. It was a huge mistake trying to have zero inventories because the lack of chips, finished image sensors, became a bottleneck in the production and sale of Kodak professional digital cameras. And there's a picture of one of these on the blog post. These were being bought by photojournalists for $15,000 a piece, except Kodak couldn't make enough of them because we didn't have enough image sensors. And that was the topic of a classmate's uh, MIT thesis. Uh, so we'd say, oops, that's not lean at all to, to not be able to meet customer demand. Uh, later, it was about five years later, when I was consulting for a startup software company called Factory Logic, I had a chance to go visit a manufacturer of these big, huge, enormous cranes. This is um, 
a company that would have been quick to say, you know, well, we don't build cars. You know, cranes are far more complicated. And they had made a similar error to Kodak in getting inventory levels down too low. Now, I was traveling. I was fortunate to be traveling with a Japanese consultant who was helping Factory Logic. And he, he just kind of shook his head at the situation at the crane maker. And he said very clearly, very slowly, it's a lesson I'll never forget. He was saying, job one meet customer demand. Job two, low inventory. Now, too many companies made low inventory the primary goal. The goal really should be more like the lowest inventory level required to meet customer demand today or in the near future. Over time, you can make improvements that allow you to reduce inventory levels. You don't put the cart before the horse and just arbitrarily lower inventory below required levels. You might, as, as we say in Lean, lower the water a bit to expose rocks. I mean, it's, that's a bit of a cliche if you know Lean and Toyota speak. But you don't go drain the swimming pool completely before jumping in, if that's a reasonable extension of the uh, metaphor there. So let's avoid this mistake in healthcare. You know, it's possible that a hospital or a health system could make a dangerous error by thinking it's, quote unquote, Lean, to cut the inventory levels of supplies or medications too much. In manufacturing, you might accept that the uh, the assembly line occasionally goes down because you run out of parts. I mean, that's a cost of doing business that's lower than making sure you have so much inventory so that production never stops. In healthcare, we need to err on the side of slightly too much inventory since lives might be at stake. Some medications might expire but you know, maybe not if we properly rotate the supply over time. But again, we wanna err on making sure we don't run out. The parallel to inventory in healthcare is not just the physical supplies, we can draw a parallel to patients and waiting rooms. Waiting rooms are like warehouse space, basically. Now, why do clinics and emergency departments have waiting rooms? Well, it's because of poor flow or it's due to an imbalance between capacity and demand. Today's process and the level of variation requires a certain amount of waiting room space. Now, over time, you can take actions that improve flow and better match capacity to demand, which means you could reduce the size of the waiting room. Look at uh, Sammy Bari, the, lean, the, the world's first lean dentist. He doesn't have the patients, uh, his patients use his waiting room, but he improved his processes in a very systematic way that allows that. He didn't get rid of the waiting room. He didn't just open a new office without a waiting room, trusting that he could somehow quickly figure out how to make that work. He didn't put the cart before the horse. So I wasn't real happy uh, to see a tweet recently. They referred to um, uh, the, uh, a model, um, the plans for a new hospital that's going to be built. And um, I'm using a picture of the tweet in the blog post to avoid calling the person or their organization out by name. They said to me, Philosophy slash construction of hospital is lean. No waiting rooms, no inpatient beds. Everything quickly transforms to patient need. Now, again, lean doesn't mean no waiting rooms. And I'm not sure what she meant by no inpatient beds. Maybe she was talking about uh, flexible rooms, rooms that could be used in different ways. And, and I guess that, that would be a good thing. But let's talk about no waiting rooms. That, that's likely to be a big disaster unless they have the processes and capabilities in place. Leveled patient demand, matching staffing and capacity to demand, 
um, throughout the time as it fluctuates throughout the week. Predictable process times, slightly excess capacity for exam rooms. You, know, you can't have all of the exam rooms full and expect the waiting room to be empty. We have to be careful about absolutes. Lean means no waiting rooms. Well, only if that's possible, given a lean process in the right circumstances. Saying that lean means no waiting rooms might be an example of lame or lean as mistakenly explained. Even in the most lean of processes, we might need some waiting space. I was talking recently with an allergist who said, you know, fairly definitively, we need a large waiting room. And, and I asked, well, well, why? The allergist pointed out the need for some patients to wait 30 minutes to check, to wait and see if they're going to have a bad allergic reaction. Now, maybe that's a required inspection step. E either way, having no waiting space would mean that that patient clogs up an exam room and hampers patient flow. Having some waiting space makes sense. And it, it, isn't that what this is all about? You know, making sense, testing things out, making incremental improvements and seeing what works instead of following lean dogma. So thank you for listening. Again, you can go to leanblog.org audio 149 if you want to read the blog post or leave a comment.